Never in a million years did I think I'd be able to sit in front of a microphone, spill my thoughts to the world, and best of all, get paid for it. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain you guys. Anchor has tools that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is completely and totally free. Yes, it is completely free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, you can download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm sure you won't regret it. Conspiracies, the paranormal, true crime, the unknown. Let's expand our mind one level at a time. Welcome to Planet Darkness. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Planet Darkness. This episode is based off a movie that I just recently saw on Netflix. The name of the movie is called Veronica. Now it's about a teenage girl in Spain who died a few days later after playing with the Ouija board or La Ouija. And the reason why I decided to do an episode on this is because it's actually based on a true story. Uh, this really did happen in the 1990s. Now, the name of the teenage girl wasn't Veronica, it was Estefania Gutierrez. So I'm going to tell you guys the story of the events that led up to her death. Um, I also wanted to do an episode on this, but just because I've mentioned to you guys before, stories with my family members, with my grandparents, you know, there's always a story about the Ouija board or La Ouija. I actually have a family member who, who didn't play with the Ouija, but she played... Um, it was this thing where you grab two pencils, two sharp, uh, sharpened pencils, and then you would put the point uh, touching each other and just hold uh, each pencil from the eraser side. And you ask it questions, right? And if it points up, I guess it means yes. If it points down, it means no. Um, this actually happened to my sister. She uh, ended up, she had this phase back in the day where she was really into the occult. Um, and I feel like the movie The Craft had something to do with it. You know, the, the movie about these witches who, who basically had these crazy powers. So I, I feel like that had something to do with it. And, uh, you know, that really, after playing that game, it really affected my sister. She uh, would see shadows, you know, shadows of people chasing after her. She would see shadows in the mirror. Uh, she always felt like somebody was after her to the point where my mom had to actually take her to a priest to get her blessed. Um, there's also a great story about how one day my mom was coming home from work. And this was about the time where my sister was going through, you know, she would see people, she would see shadows. Um, and my mom said that when she was getting home, there was a huge amount of crows on our roof coincidence or did this have to do with what she did right 
So that's one of the main reasons why I'm also doing this episode, just because I want to let you guys know that, you know, playing with La Ouija, playing with the Ouija board is not something, you know, to mess around with. You don't want to invoke something that you you did not want to invoke. Um, so I, I would say just stay away from that. But let's go ahead and uh, get this episode started. Um, now, it's not uncommon among the horror genre for movies to begin with a caption stating this movie was based on a true story. Most horror movies use this to create a sense of unease before the movie even starts. It's one thing to watch a movie and assure yourself it isn't real, but when it is, what then? Fortunately, most of these movies, while technically based on real events, are excessively hammed up for the camera. Usually what happens is that the real story is something mundane but unsettling, and the writers simply add a supernatural element. There are always exceptions that are based on more seemingly supernatural events, such as the Warren's case files, but usually the real-life event movies are based upon are significantly less frightening than the movie itself. So usually we tend to watch movies where it'll state, hey, this movie was based on a true story, but it's over-exaggerated. You know, it, it's, it, it didn't happen um, the way that it's been depicted in the movie. And we know why directors do that, or producers, obviously, to get a kick out of it, you know, to, to add some drama. So, uh, you know, we know, we know it's, uh, it's usually uh, over-exaggerated. Usually, right? But this was actually not the case with the Veronica movie. If you guys have seen the movie Veronica, um, the what happens in the movie itself is actually, uh, I would say, what happened in real life is, is far worse than what you see in the movie. Okay? So this case is uh, referred to as the Vallecas case. Now, uh, the Vallecas is a small city in, uh, you know, a small town actually in Madrid, Spain. And it's about a real life story about a young girl named Estefania Gutierrez Lázaro. Her story was the foundation for that movie, which, like many others, came with the caption based on a true story. The difference here is that the real life story was scarier than the movie. It was based upon a police report, which remains the only time that an official police report has ever documented the paranormal. So this this case um, actually uh, interests me, and the reason the reason why I did a lot of digging was because um, you know there's actually a police report of the haunting that uh, you know Estefania and her family went through, and this is actually the first time that there's ever been a police report about the paranormal. But uh, let's get let's go ahead and uh, jump in and uh, see what happened to this poor girl. In the late summer of 1991, 18-year-old Estefania Gutierrez died after going into a coma in the hospital. The doctors couldn't find anything wrong with her, despite a string of hospital visits over the previous year and many problems at home. Unable to find a cause of death, they wrote in her medical records that her death was sudden and suspicious. The biggest problem in this story was not, however, the girl's death, but events that led up to it and what followed after. In March of 1990, Estefania went to school 
on an ordinary day just like any other teenage girl. Partway through the day, she and a group of her friends decided to play with the Ouija board that one of her friends had snuck into school. Damn, so it's already it's already going going sideways from the beginning. Estefania's sister, Marianela, was alleged, allegedly part of this group, but she didn't participate in the game. Instead, she was tasked with guarding the door so no other students or teachers would walk in while the group tried to contact spirits. At first, there was nothing out of the ordinary, but they did end up getting caught by a teacher who burst into the room and snatched the board away from them. In doing so, the glass the group had been using in place of a planchet shattered. So I'm sure you guys have seen uh, the Ouija board, the, the board and how it comes with this triangular little shape with the circle in the middle. So it seems like they didn't have that. So they ended up using a, uh, a, a, glass, a glass cup uh, as the planchet. So According to everyone in the group, as well as Marianela and the teacher, smoke came out of the glass and Estefania unintentionally inhaled it. Whoa. Those around Estefania say that the changes in her after the incident with the Ouija board were marked and immediate. Though they did not start off small, they escalated very quickly. It started by deeply affecting her sleeping patterns. She struggled with insomnia, and whenever she could sleep, she was plagued by horrible nightmares of shadow creatures calling to her. Most of the time, she didn't even need to be asleep for these experiences, though, because her family said that she told them she could see shadows following her around. She would even fall into frequent trances that usually lasted 15 to 20 minutes, according to her mother. When she came out of these states, she would say that she was in a long corridor filled with fog and that the voices always reached her in these trances as well. Well, so this this girl is, uh, as soon as she inhaled this this weird smoke from the glass, uh, she started having a lot of issues real fast. Um, You know, shadow creatures following her around in the corners of her room, down the hall, whispering to her asking her to come with them. So, uh, you know, this got pretty ugly pretty fast. Estefania's mother and father took Estefania to the hospital several times before she died. She saw countless different specialists at four different medical centers, but each time she went, the doctors found nothing wrong with her, despite everything that the te- despite doing all manners of tests and scans. The symptoms started to get worse with each passing day. Objects in the apartment would move around and turn themselves on and off. Unseen forces became violent, not only towards Estefania, but also to her family members. Her younger siblings would wake up with their arms being slammed into the walls. The family dog was thrown across the room and one of her little sisters was even shoved on at least one occasion. Her sister Marianela, who Estefania shared a room with, even claimed to wake up one night to find Estefania levitating slightly above her bed. Oh, so this is some some crazy shit, guys. Um, you know, I'm I'm sure you guys have seen, you know, the Conjuring movies, um, The Exorcist. Um, you know, so so this is like real life shit that people go through. You know, 
being shoved, being pushed, being scratched. Uh, damn, I can't imagine waking up next to a, one of my brothers or sisters and just seeing them levitating from across the bed. After a while, Estefania even began to attack her siblings herself. She became irritable and aggressive and would growl and bark at her younger brother. On one occasion, she allegedly attacked one of her sisters and injured the girl so badly that she ended up on the floor foaming at the mouth. What's worse is still that Estefania wasn't the only one seeing these things and experiencing things. While she was clearly the main target, her parents and siblings also experienced things moving around on their own, doors slamming and locking themselves, and they all even saw the shadow creatures moving around. Damn, so this is crazy. So Estefania ends up playing the Ouija board, starts seeing shadow creatures, but it's not only affecting her, it's affecting her whole family. The family's actually, you know, watching all this happen as well. In one instance, Estefania went to do some chores in the bathroom, which later became known as the epicenter of all the paranormal activity in the apartment. And a silhouette appeared and the iron turned on itself. The family allegedly used the bathroom for a few different things besides its intended purpose. Estefania screamed and her mom went to check on her at which point the door locked behind them. Estefania's dad, Maximo, had to come help them get out and even then, it was only when he was about to literally kick the door down that it casually opened itself with ease. So it seems like this bathroom is the epicenter of all the paranormal activity. Um, so let's see if uh, you know what else happens inside here. In addition, most guests and neighbors that came to the apartment also collected various experiences of their own with the phenomena occurring with the Gutierrez home. The final nail in the coffin for Estefania was when she started having seizures. They began, they began relatively early on and grew worse as times passed. But the last few nights before she died, they became most severe. Then one night she suffered a, such a powerful seizure that she slipped into a coma from which she never awoke. She passed away a few hours later. As I mentioned before, the doctors couldn't find an explanation for her death. Unfortunately for the family, all of this terrifying activity did not end with the death of their daughter. While it does seem that all of this activity began with Estefania and the Ouija board, evidently whatever malevolent forces had been let in were now there to stay. In fact, after Estefania's death, things got worse. Estefania's mom, Concepcion, reported hearing Estefania screaming from all sections of the apartment, all hours of the day, and there was near constant banging on the walls. Objects continued to move around the apartment on their own, and appliances still turned themselves on and off at will. She also often heard glass breaking, an old man's menacing laughter, and doors continued to slam on their own. Estefania's siblings also continued to get woken up and hurt by whatever was in the home. So these parents, this whole family, think that after Estefania's death, everything's going to go back to normal, but it eventually got worse. On a particularly unsettling occasion, two years after Estefania's death, a photo of her which took up residence in the living room was knocked over and spontaneously caught on fire. Now this photo is actually on the internet, 
and you guys can go check it out. I would just say, I would just search up uh, Estefania Gutierrez and you'll see that photo of her. And yeah, it's, it's uh, the face, the face is burnt up. Eerily, only the section of the photo which showed her face was damaged. The rest of the photo, as well as the frame, was untouched. With all of this going on after Estefania had passed away, Concepcion and Maximo, her parents, had had enough of their family suffering, and they began to seek out the expertise of paranormal investigators and professionals. They paraded a number of different people and teams to the apartment, none of which managed to help and some of which arguably made the activity worse. On and on the activity went, escalating with no relief at all, no matter where Stefania's parents turned, until one night, November 19, 1992, things hit a boiling point. So Stefania's parents brought a couple of people, you know, obviously paranormal investigators, but it seems like nothing worked, and they just made the whatever was in the home just made everything worse. Having had enough of all the activity long ago and being completely at her wit's end, but having no assistance up to this point, Concepcion, Estefania's mom, called the police. Concepcion called the police operator around 2 a.m. and when they answered, she was apparently screaming, please come quick, he's in here. It's a bit unclear who she was talking about, but the police reports describe Concepcion as sounding very panicked. When they got to her, they calmed her down, and she explained what was happening. The operator was understandably taken back and skeptical. They put her through to the police, who were just as skeptical, and asked to speak with her husband to verify that she wasn't drunk or lying. This is typical, especially when somebody is going through a paranormal experience. You know, people are going to think they're lying or they're just going to think you're crazy. When Maximo gave them the same story in the same panic tone, the police asked to speak to one of the children. When the same thing happened, they called in some backup and made their way to the Gutierrez home at Calle Gerardo Nunes, number 8, in Vallecas, a neighborhood in Madrid. Outside of the team of officers consisting of Outside, the team of officers consisting of five police officers and a detective were greeted by Concepcion, Maximo, and two of the children, who police noted would rather wait outside in the cold and rain than inside their home. So for the kids and the family to be outside in the rain when it's cold instead of their home, it has to tell you something. There was some crazy shit going on there. Probably be doing the same shit as them. When the police accompanied the Gutierrez family back into their home, they asked what had been going on. Maximo explained all the paranormal occurrences, including some new events, which included crosses on the walls being inverted and that scratch marks had been appearing on the walls. The police remained skeptical, but agreed to look around. Concepcion told them that things were always significantly worse when the lights were off, so the investigator, Jose Pedro Negri, instructed them to turn the lights off. To their horror, they started to hear banging around the apartment. They immediately had the lights turned back on, but the family was still standing with them, proving none of them had done anything. The police started to head towards the master bedroom to investigate a sound they thought had come from there, when they heard a loud bang from the balcony, and allegedly also heard someone screaming from that direction. They hurried out to inspect, but nothing was amiss on the balcony. There was no indication anything had dropped, certainly not anything capable of making the noise they'd heard which apparently sounded like a large boulder being dropped. 
there was also no one around screaming. In addition, two of the officers had been discussing what to do when one of them yelled out that the other went to duck, who did, just in time for a heavy cupboard door to slam open where his head had been. Damn. No one was in the room except for the two officers. With this, four of the police officers decided it was too much for them and elected to wait outside. Negative, the detective and the remaining officer continued to search for a cause of the sounds but found nothing. Instead, they heard more banging and commotion coming from Stefania's room. Upon investigation, they found a cross that had been ripped off the wall and had also had the Jesus figurine that was attached to that was attached ripped off the cross itself. The cross had been bolted onto the wall. There was a poster under where the cross had been, which now bore three claw marks. So that cross was bolted on the wall and was taken off the wall, and then the Jesus figurine was also ripped off the cross itself. Crazy stuff, guys. Suddenly, Negri and the remaining officer found themselves surrounded by the sound of pounding on the walls, but as with the previous events, they couldn't find a source of explanation. It was then that Concepcion told the officers about the bathroom, and when they went to check it out, they admitted to feeling a severe drop in temperature, and they each said they heard quiet voices echoing within the bathroom walls. Having heard and experienced enough, Negri called the police operator back and told them what had happened. He then filed an official report, which stated that he had no explanation for what was happening with the Gutierrez home, but that something was most definitely happening, marking the first and only time, definitely in Spain's history and possibly in the rest of the world's history, that a member of the police force has written about paranormal occurrences in an official report. Following these events, the Gutierrez family remained in the home a little longer, and while the events supposedly did begin to lessen, they didn't go away by any means. Eventually, the family moved away, and according to them, the paranormal activity did not follow them. The new family that moved into their home also hasn't reported any happening since moving in, leaving the apartment once again, just an apartment, but certainly one with a horrific past. Thankfully, the Gutierrez family's nightmare is over. Well, hopefully, right? Though they lost an important member of their family in the process, and though there's no finger pointing or blame placing going on, it does send a very important lesson about not playing around with the Ouija boards or things we don't fully understand. Let spirit rest in peace. And if you do contact them, remember to always say goodbye. So if you guys have any thoughts about this case or any suggestions or any theories, you know, go ahead and... Uh, you know, let me know. You can always uh, comment on my Spotify page. You guys can also always request any particular horror story, true crime, paranormal, anything that you guys would want me to talk about. And I definitely do some digging and, and make an episode on that. But other than that, this was a pretty scary story. It's scarier to find out that this actually happened. So, uh, you know, out of experience with my family, I do advise you guys. You know, if you guys ever do play something like that, play at your own risk. Don't do it at home where you can you can invoke spirits or demons who can uh, affect your life and your family. Um, and for the non-believers, you know, I, I do recommend that you guys look into this, um, watch the movie. Uh, you know, because all this this paranormal, um, you know, demons, spirits, ghosts, it's 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 true. You know, it's. It's something that's all around us. 
And, um, you know, I do believe that there is life after death. Um, and I do believe that, you know, there's some spirits who whenever, you know, when their physical body died, you know, they either were, you know, didn't die in peace and are still roaming around us. And then, of course, there's demons, right? There's there's demons who have never roamed the world, roamed the earth and are basically just looking and waiting for somebody with a weak mind or somebody who who doesn't who ends up, you know, playing the Ouija board and doesn't have any experience with it to, you know, for them to open the open the gate and let those uh, demons in. So be very careful, guys, um, when it comes to this. And uh, you know, thank you very much for joining me today. It was a short episode today, um, but I will be back next week. You know, I've been talking about a lot of uh, paranormal situations that have been happening. But, you know, who knows? Next week might be something different. You know, I could probably do an episode on, you know, on, on, on true crime. You know, on some of, uh, on, on something different than the paranormal. Switch it up a little bit. But like I said, if you guys want to let me know or you guys have any suggestions, feel free to leave a comment on this episode on my Spotify page. You guys can also always email me. My email address is uh, 1027eddieedieceee at gmail.com. And yeah, thank you very much for joining me. And I will see you guys next week. Have a good night.